For over 20 years, the Haddad family ran a successful chocolate business in Damascus, Syria. But when their factory was destroyed in a bombing, the family fled to Lebanon, where they lived in a refugee camp for three years. In 2016, they were welcomed into Canada along with 25,000 other Syrian refugees. Not long after, they would rebuild their chocolate business with a message of peace and a mission of giving back to the community that embraced them. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change magazine. As an added note, I'm excited to announce that I recently published my first book, also titled In the Business of Change, profiling social entrepreneurs around the world and their lessons learned. Check it out at your local bookstore, on Amazon, or on our Sea Change website. On today's episode, we speak with Tarek Haddad, founder of Peace by Chocolate. Tarek shares how his family revived their business and their lives in the small town of Antigonish, Nova Scotia, Canada, and how they're doing all they can today to show their appreciation for the community that welcomed them with open arms. From creating local jobs to supporting charitable causes and naming their first chocolate bar after the Mi'kmaq indigenous word for peace, the Haddads are demonstrating that a piece of chocolate can carry immense value and hope. Why don't you, why don't we start off with just giving me, and I'm sure everyone's been asking you this question, but if you can give me just sort of a brief, um, you know, sort of update as to your story. I mean, I know that your your father had run a, a chocolate company for many years since I have in my notes since like 1986 in Syria. Is that in Damascus? Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so basically, um, my father, he is originally um, a civil engineer. He graduated in 1985. And in 1986, he didn't like, uh, you know, to work in civil engineering. He said that he would really love to make an impact. And by saying that, he mentioned that um, civil engineering really would not give him the broad uh, spectrum that he would uh, be changing the world with it. He went to a wedding next day with my grandmother, and he was fascinated that everyone was eating chocolate, was very happy. He said, no one eats chocolate and would be sad. <laughs> and that's uh, that's actually a true fact uh, that he discovered and started working on learning how to make chocolate in every culture, how the Chinese, they make their chocolate, how the Americans, they eat it, how the Europeans, they created it. You know... He spent really around uh, a couple of months just learning it, and then he came up with his own recipe uh, to create something very special that represents the, the, the culture, that represents the community that he was in. With a few pieces in the home kitchen in my grandmother's house, he started his small business. Then he got married to my mother, and she joined him with that passion. And then all of my siblings, and uh, you know, they, they were really part of this mission of uh, joining the, the, the company and working towards spreading happiness with every piece of chocolate. The business has been growing since 1986 to 2002 mm-hmm. when my father opened the second largest chocolate factory in the Middle East. And he was, he was hiring hundreds of people in the production, in the manufacturing, and so many uh, like thousands in distribution across the Middle East to Lebanon, to Turkey, to Germany, to Sweden, uh, even though like he had he had a deal with uh, 
with the United States. He was shipping all over the world. Right. And the company was doing really well. Like it, it's been expanding since then. But, but by 2012, um, the, the war reached Damascus. And our house was uh, was burned and was uh, then bombed by a tank. And then our factory also was bombed by an airstrike late in 2012. Mm-hmm. That led the really to live in, in, in despair and uncertainty. Uh, we had lost so many family members in the war. So many got injured, so many got arrested, so many got missed. And we decided really at the time... Uh, to leave the country. We don't want to become numbers in the world. And then we left to Lebanon, and um, we stayed there for three years, uh, living just like counting down to to uncertain future that no one really knows when we will go back to Syria and when we will travel to another country. Mm-hmm. Canada opened the doors for us and gave us really the light of hope and opportunity to live again. Uh, I applied to come to Canada myself first before my family. To continue my medical studies because I am uh, I started in cardiosurgery uh, in, in Syria and in Lebanon and I was working with the United Nations in Lebanon also and the healthcare uh, sector. Um, after I applied to the Canadian Embassy, my family also was invited with me because uh, the Canadian consuls they called me and they said that the application was excellent and I landed in Canada late in 2015. My family followed me, and we arrived in a town called Antigonish right. in Nova Scotia that we didn't really choose. We didn't really know much about it, but the community members, they came together, and they wanted to support um, an, a Syrian family and to bring them to start their life here. Uh, it was very humbling. It was very uh, uh, motivating when we were hearing you know, how the community really, they didn't know us. And they didn't care about our ethnicity or our background or our religion or our, you know, experiences. They just cared that my family were seeking safety and peace. Mm-hmm. And that really inspired my family that, you know, the community of Antigonish, they were caring so much about, you know, about, the, the, about peace, about my family to live in peace again. And that connected to us the idea to start uh, the, the the business again in the country, but this time really to um, just connect it to a social value uh, about peace. We felt that really peace is the, the, the most noble thing that everyone should fight for. And peace is really the reason why we live and really the reason that you work towards raising a family, going to schools, building businesses. And without peace, no one really can do any of that. My family started again in Antigonish the same way we did in Syria, like exactly in the home kitchen with a few pieces. But the expansion of the business has been uh, really amazing, incredible support and the the reaction and the feedback we got from our lovely Canadian communities uh, was really the reason why our company moved from a small, tiny factory beside the house in 2016 to a 20-times bigger factory in 2017 that employed more than 35 to 40 people. So, like, within being in the country for two years now, um, it's been really an amazing experience that my family's story has been all over the the world, inspired more than 20 million people there. 
and just to bring, you know, the importance of peace in face of anxiety and, and fear. So yeah. basically my family experience and our story is just like the proof about how kindness really begins kindness and how fear and anxiety will generate more fear and anxiety. So whenever you offer kindness, you receive kindness. Mm-hmm. This is the law of reciprocity. Uh, whatever you offer, you will, you will get back. Mm-hmm. So as, as I mentioned, it's, you know, it's only one example of, of a positive story that, that is really shared all around the world. So you can't imagine really how the world will, will, will be if there yeah. are thousands or hundreds of thousands of these examples being shared. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and this is, is a tremendous story um, on so many different levels. And I, I wanted to ask you a couple of extra, a uh, couple of questions in terms of um, the community. Now, you mentioned that they they uh, welcomed you with open arms. They had actually set up um, a, they, they set up resources to help accommodate families coming in from Syria. Is that correct? Did they, do you have a number of Syrian families that came in or were you the only one that were embraced at this point? No, actually, they, they were planning in, in 2015 when they uh, established a group called SAFE. Mm-hmm. Safe for Syria and Tigranesh families embrace. Right. So this group, they were planning to bring one family. Like they were uh, only okay. planning for, for uh, um, you know, a family, unknown family. Right. And my family was the first one. Okay. But then the community, they came together and they they raised money enough to bring more than up to six to eight families. Now there are more than seven families in the town, and two are coming within two weeks. So. Really, the wow. the Syrian uh, population is is you know is growing in the town because really people here they believe uh, those refugees overseas are really struggling mm-hmm. and they really wanted to they wanted them just to join the fabric of the town. A small town though, right? It's a small town. The population in Antigonish is uh, around four thousand, okay. and with the with the students of university, just like you know, doubling it. Yes. But really, you know, like from zero Syrian in the in the town in 2015, now there are over 60 Syrians in the town, hmm. and we are now in 2018. So really, you know, it's 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 been amazing. Wow. And um, basically, what I felt that the town is. Uh, uh, Really, like the Syrians are looking to give back and contribute to the community. Yeah. And that's a major value that we brought with us from Syria is being grateful and thankful for everyone who supports us. And we really had these, you know, uh, challenges that there are so many people are leaving Atlantic Canada and the small towns to bigger cities to find jobs and opportunities. So, but we are speaking to our town in Antigonish and we are even bringing people back. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, to say that it's important, we need to grow our town together. And we didn't come here to take anyone's job in the big city. Right. We came here to grow our towns and really offer jobs. And you did do that. You said you've already hired. How many people have you hired from the community so far? Uh, more, we, we offered uh, between 35 to 40 job opportunities so far. Wow. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we are, we are going to... Uh, to continue that uh, job. We are now building and expanding our production capacity as we are expanding our distribution network. And your distribution network is now across, it's, it's global, isn't it? Have, have you grown across, uh, you're beyond Canada. There's now, your... we are, now we are shipping actually all across Canada. We are shipping to the United States, 
we are sending even, uh, you know, to uh, all, all across the world. We ship so many orders to the United Kingdom. Wow. Uh, we have been we have been really all over, but now our main distribution uh, would is now in in Atlantic Canada. We be we will be opening like the official distribution in Ontario within next ten days. Oh, I will great. be in Ontario for <laughs> ten days. Yeah, to open the uh, uh, you know the product in Sobe stores in Ontario. Oh, amazing! Which yes. would be really a massive opportunity. Yeah. Okay, great. We're looking forward to that. And what about this um, initiative with um, uh, naming one of the chocolates for the Micmac word for peace? How did that come about? And 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 are you doing any other types of initiatives like that? Right, definitely. Like you know, our company always uh, supporting all of all types of initiatives to give back and being thankful and grateful. Um, um, absolutely, you know, when we started thinking what to call our peace bears, uh, we came up with our slogan, peace is beautiful in every language. And we started with the Mi'kmaq language as we are now building our collection with all the indigenous languages across the country mm. to, be, to be spread out. But the Mi'kmaq is the, the spoken, you know, language of the indigenous population yes. in the area we are on. We felt, you know, it's, it's an expression about our deepest respect and appreciation to the indigenous populations because the, without their support for the first newcomer to the country, because without their support and guidance to the immigrants to this country since the beginning, we the, those immigrants couldn't support us, like, you know, to come here. Mm-hmm. So it's like a closed circle of, of, you know, of kindness and appreciation. We wanted to go to the first people, like, you know, to, to indigenous populations who are on this land. And we, we uh, called our, our first bird uh, Wantakuri. So, you know, it's just like uh, an expression to say thank you now we're onwards. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing really nobler than calling our product in the mother tongue of the land that we are on right now. The land that we call home and the land that we feel we are we were born here, taken away to Syria for twenty, twenty five years and then we were bring we were brought back here. Hmm. It's really something very amazing. It's something uh beyond belief and beyond uh um, our e- emotions or our feelings. Really the Migma community showed us great uh, leadership since we arrived even in, in Antigonish. We have made so many friends of the of the community that they guided us in the process. They walked us through it, and you know, it's 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 just like really beyond uh, expression. That's really nice. And and what about are you planning on returning to your studies? I know you were, you said you were you were studying to be um, a doctor. You were studying in. in that's right. Right. What What are you planning on doing, and how do you see yourself involved in this in the company, in the family business? I am. I'm actually now involved in uh, so many things. I'm now on board with Invest Nova Scotia, which is an economic uh, board in Nova Scotia to um, promote and develop uh, businesses and mm-hmm. invest in businesses. Mm-hmm. So I was called by the Minister of Business last year, and I was appointed to the to the board, even though I was here just only for one year. <laughs> so basically, for myself, I see it's never too late to become physician. I'm now uh, I'm running the company. I'm a public speaker. I've been. I've done more than 300 speeches, you wow. know, starting from the Chambers of Commerce to the uh, Amnesty International, to Ottawa, to members of parliaments from across the world, 
I was a keynote speaker at the liberal convention uh, 10 days or, or two weeks ago in Halifax nice. with the prime minister and all, all the members of the parliament. So, you know, uh, I feel that there is an opportunity now to uh, to spread out our message and mm-hmm. to be involved in growing our uh, communities. I know that there is lack of physicians, but I know also that there are really some challenges for physicians like me who who are ready to practice. But, you know, there are the, some rules who are asking, which are asking them to go back to do undergraduate degrees or some schools are asking to do high school again. Right. It's, it's challenging. I'm working with uh, all the, the policymakers and decision makers in the country to change and help immigrant physicians to start back. But at the same time, really, I want to make sure that we are giving back to the community that brought us here. If I go now to medicine, I would be full-time studying and, you know, doing shifts and that stuff. Mm. But I really would love to have some time now as I'm new to the, to the land that I'm on right now to uh, just give back and, uh, you know, appreciate the community and help it to grow before I head into medicine again. Okay, okay. Um, and, and just the last question in terms of future plans. Uh, wh- where do you see the business growing? And I mean, it's already expanded so quickly, right? I mean, it, in, in right. just a, such, a short, such a short time. So what do you anticipate? What do you kind of predict? How do you see it moving forward? Um, well, I see, I see Peace by Chocolate, one of the top five chocolate companies in the country in five years. Hmm. We, are, we are working on that. Uh, I know, you know, it, it's a big goal, like, you know, we have been short time here, but, you know, uh, all all the indications, all everything we are seeing in the country shows that this land of opportunity um, has a lot to offer for us as newcomers and immigrants. And also we are really working very hard, like days and nights on that goal, because my family believes that this country is, is their home now. Uh, they say that Canada is not like um, a hotel or a hospital that we leave after we recover, they say it's, it's like the home. It's, it's the home now. So they really want to be part of the fabric of the economy and part of the of the uh, appreciation movement to to the country by running a business, offering jobs, and giving back. Mm-hmm. Peace by Chocolate is is growing from you know small town in in uh, Antigonish. Hopefully, we will get some branches officially opened in the big cities. In 2019, in Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal, mm-hmm. and from there we will uh, definitely move to the U.S. market, where where we will launch our official distribution in the grocery stores there. A lot of work ahead, but that sounds like you're well on your way. That's right. um, it's very very exciting. Um, Thank you. I I appreciate you taking the time. I really do. It's a fascinating, wonderful story, and uh, and uh, good luck with moving forward. It's it's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Lisa. That's very appreciated, and I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and changemakers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum.